Hello and welcome to Never a Truer Word, where we look at the words that people choose to use to see if they are telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And this is a bonus episode looking at the last episode, which was a statement investigation into Ian Bailey's final interview and the words that Jules Thomas had to say on Ian Bailey's death and looking at some of the audience comments that came through on that episode because I thought there was a lot of interesting comments that came through and it would be good to make something that that deals with some of those comments and talks about them and responds to them in depth. First things first, if you haven't seen or listened to that episode, um, I would go and check that out. Otherwise, nothing in this episode is going to make any sense to you whatsoever. There's a link to that in the show description. So let's get into the comments. And the first one's from a name that's way too hard to say. Um, I won't deal with the full comment because it's quite long, um, but they do start off by saying, repudiation was the word you were looking for. It was the word I was looking for. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for your comment. Thank you so much for providing the word that I couldn't say. And it's not going to be a word I look for ever again because I find it too hard to say. Uh, The comment goes on and says, what good is any of this going to do? I can only answer for myself and say the reason that I make episodes like I do looking at uh, stories like this is because um, I want to give people who are interested in the case or the story something to think about um, using something that's not in most of the videos um, or most of the content that's there about a story like this. So that's the good that I hope it's going to do. It's going to bring more to the people uh, who are interested in that story. And as I always say in my videos as well, I'm on a mission. I just think the world would be a better place if we all understood how to listen to people properly and understand what it is they're really saying behind the bluster, behind the misdirection, behind the um, qualifications and so on. So that's what's what's good, I think, it is going to do. They do go on, then the full uh, comment is underneath the YouTube version of the episode. If you want to read the full uh, comment, they make some really good points about true crime um, fans and how they behave at times. And I think those are really good and really fair points. Where I disagree with you is you say that um, Ian Bailey, he'd never have received a fair trial here in Ireland because the belief in his guilt is overwhelming. I think that you are doing Ireland a disservice with that comment because I think that it would be really easy in Ireland to find grown-ups to form a jury who can put aside any preconceptions they have, ignore anything they've held before, and uh, look at the case with the evidence presented to them in court and come to a true conclusion on that. I think that just saying that Irish people couldn't give Ian Bailey a fair trial is a disservice to Irish people. Another comment here from Anthony Leslie, who says two directors of public prosecution believed he, that's Ian Bailey, believed he had no case to answer. You can find out why here. And they sent the link. Um, Yeah, they did. But I have to say, for me, that is an absolute scandal. Ian Bailey had a history of violence towards women. No alibi for the time. Um, was uh, covered in scratches and scars the day after Sophie was murdered and confessed to multiple people as well. Um, so I I think that alone deserves a trial, um, potentially with some of the other things that the police have in their arsenal. But thank you very much for the link to um, the Director of Public Prosecution's um, decisions. Next comment comes from Mary Kelly. So let's take Mary's um, comment, which she says, what a load of crap, twisting their words to your own interpretation. 
Media jury at its best again. No one knows what happened and who did it. My opinion is that he's innocent, but as I said, it's my opinion and not a definite statement because I don't know and have no authority to claim I do. So let's take that bit by bit. Uh, number one, what a load of crap. Now this is, I love this. Uh, thanks for your comment, Mary. The people who watch or listen to my content fall into three groups. There's the first group and what I say backs up what they believe um, and they tend to think I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread because wow, I thought this and this guy's backing up what I'm saying and you know, they go, yeah, brilliant, what a great uh, thing to say. The second group, what I say does not, it goes against the preconception and the beliefs that they came into it with and they're like, what a load of rubbish, what a load of crap, just like Mary did there and that's fine, I'm always going to get that, you know, the people, I'm not going to change anyone's mind if it's, they're really fixed on it and set in their ways but they're just looking for things that validate what they think and my content isn't going to validate that. And the third part, the third section of people who watch the videos are people who are open-minded, want to learn new things, want to um, look at uh, uh, the, the story or the case that they're interested in and they're going to watch it and they're going to you know, take in what's there and make up their own mind whether they're going to go with it or whether they're not going to go with it. So Mary, in the, the camp that is... Uh, going to call it crap because they it doesn't back up what they think. Then she says, twisting their words to your own interpretation. Mary, that's not what I do here. Mary, what I do is untwist people's words. I look at the qualifications that people use or the diversion tactics that they use or the word choices that just seem a little bit strange and I don't twist people's words. I untwist people's words. And Mary, you have, you've got a fact wrong you got a fact wrong here. No one knows what happened and who did it. That's wrong. The murderer of Sophie Toscan de Plantier, they know what happened and they know who did it. And potentially someone or many people close to that murderer know what happened and who did it because that person will have told them about it in some great detail. So you're wrong to say no one knows what happened and no one knows who did it. And why is that important? Because with the techniques that I use, if that murderer speaks, then hopefully, if I do what I'm doing right, I'll be able to detect that they, that is that person speaking because they will betray what they're trying to hide through the word choices they make. So factually, someone does know what happened or if the killer is dead, someone knew what happened and who did it. Mary goes on to say, my opinion is he's innocent, but that is my opinion, not a definite statement because I don't know and have no authority to claim I do. So on that one, me and Mary both agree <clears throat> because I've got my opinion on it and that's what I share um, when I do a statement investigation into something like Ian Bailey and Jules Thomas. So, and I have no authority, I don't claim to know anything, but I have an opinion, I have questions to ask and that's what I do in my videos. So thank you for your comment, Mary. Uh, Akemi next says, I was asking myself if she insists, and I think she is Jules Thomas, I was asking myself if she insists in his innocence because she may have guilty knowledge and would be considered an accessory to the crime. Really good question, Akemi. Um, it's entirely possible. Jules, I think, has always denied any part in the murder or any knowledge of what happened to Sophie Toscan de Plantier, to be fair to her. But that could be one of the reasons why Jules, some of the things Jules says just... Uh, suggests to me, suggests to me that she's not telling the full truth. That's not to say that she's really heavily involved in anything, just that she's not being entirely straight when she talks. Miss Itsy Bitsy Spider, great name, 
uh, said um, in quotes, it isn't about believing he did it or not, which is something Jill said um, when we looked at the words that she spoke after Ian Bailey died. It isn't about believing he did it or not. That reminds me of the last interview Ian Bailey gave to Virgin Media, where he said, it doesn't matter if you're guilty or innocent. Now, thank you for bringing that one to my attention. I haven't seen Ian Bailey say that before. I couldn't find a recording of the interview you, you mentioned either. But it doesn't matter if you're guilty or innocent. It would be a classic Ian Bailey one. Number one, it mentions guilt first and innocence second. Well, the, the, why would that be? I'll leave that to your interpretation. And also, it doesn't matter if you're guilty or innocent is manipulative and controlling language. Always look out for someone telling you it doesn't matter such and such. The point is such and such. It's not about that. It's about this. That's the language of manipulation and control. Always be on the lookout for it. And the last comment comes from Agnes Finn, who says, you don't know if he did it. No proof. What about asking, what about the missing bloody gate where the evidence was? The Kerry Babies case in 1984 forced to give a conviction and destroyed that girl's life. I think as you mean there, Agnes. Thank you for your comment, Agnes. Um, this is something that I see so often in, in true crime. You don't know if he did it, no proof, right? Now, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know who murdered Sophie Toscan de Plantier. But no proof does not mean didn't do it. It really doesn't. It, you know, someone did it and there is no proof that I know of that points to absolutely anyone. No proof is something that true crime people get really caught up into. Um, but that just does not mean that no one did it. There is no proof anyone did it. It doesn't mean no one did it. It's just such a false, false logical fallacy. Agnes said, what about the missing bloody gate where the evidence was? Well, listen, Agnes, if you come in here to look at evidence, that's not what I do. I think I make it really, really clear. I don't look at the evidence. I only look at statements made. But seeing as you brought it up, what happened to the gate? Well, the Garda said they got rid of it because they considered it had no evidentiary value. Um, so it's not lost, as many, many people think. They disposed of it. One of the big fans of that story was Ian Bailey himself, who was very interested and thought it was very significant that the National Forensic Lab um, got rid of the gate because there was no evidential benefit. So forget that it's an urban myth that the police lost the gate. They said, we got rid of it because it had no evidentiary, evidentiary value. So what happened to the gate? Cleared that one up. And then, Agnes, you talk about the Kerry baby case in 1984. That's pure whataboutism. Just because uh, there was a corrupt case with the police before does not mean that, therefore, that means this case is down to corrupt police at all. I could sit here and bounce back to you and say, what about all the stalkers that have murdered women throughout the decades? Almost weekly, there's a story about a woman being murdered by a stalker. And that's true. It doesn't mean Ian Bailey killed Sophie Toscan de Plantier any more than the Kerry baby case means that this also must be a fit-up. So just, it just doesn't make sense what you're saying, Agnes, I'm afraid. It just doesn't make sense. And listen, it's entirely possible that the Garda investigation into the murder of Sophie Toscan de Plantier was horribly inept. It's entirely possible. It's also possible that the Garda were trying to fix up and frame Ian Bailey for the crime. That's very possible. And it's entirely possible that could be true. It was a shoddy investigation. They were trying to fit up Ian Bailey with a crime. And while all those things remain true, it could also be true that Ian Bailey murdered Sophie Toscan de Plantier. They are not mutually exclusive. Just because it was a bad investigation doesn't mean Ian Bailey didn't do it. Just because the, the Ian Bailey was being framed by corrupt policemen doesn't mean he didn't do it. 
So we need to get over this and we need to just look and see the evidence. And the, the cold case review is still ongoing. What will, will that throw up? Let's hope it sheds some light on the killer, whoever that is, so that Sophie's family have some closure. Thank you so much for your comments. I appreciate every single one of them. If you've got more to say, you can leave a comment here if you can on the platform. Um, if you enjoy the content and the deep dive episodes, looking at the statements and the words that people use, hit the subscribe button or the follow button to make sure you get the content automatically. And we will see you again soon for something from Never a Truer Word. Mm -hmm.